It's over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Wallace out at Bar Canada inside the D Hotel. I don't really know where Darren Millard is, but he's somewhere. He's on this program. We'll get to him in just a second. But we've also got Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We have a lot to get to today because there's some moving parts in and around the National Hockey League and right down to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, who will face the Los Angeles Kings and round out that eight-game season series tonight, an opportunity to win six of eight games. And when you look at the season and you say, okay, L.A., Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona, the teams that uh, that are supposed to be on the bubble or outside the playoff picture. How many games of the eight can we beat these clubs individually and uh, and allow us to take a run at first place? Six and two would be outstanding. Six uh, six wins. Uh, that's two three and ones. That's great. Uh, anything better than that would be a bonus. Anything less than that, you might think you're you're leaving a bit on the table. Uh, five and three, little too close to five hundred for me. So tonight is a real opportunity to uh, to bank those points and uh, and put twelve uh, against the L.A. Kings right there in the standings. We also have some news coming out of Colorado, and timing is everything. The National Hockey League trade deadline has just passed, and the Colorado Avalanche went out and acquired a couple of goaltenders leading up to the deadline. Uh, one of those is Devin Dubnik, acquired from the San Jose Sharks, and he looks like he's going to be the starter, and we'll tell you why Philip Grubauer is on the sidelines now. Imagine if this was two weeks ago, what it would have done uh, to the to Joe Sackick and the price that he would have had to pay knowing that he was up against it. Uh, gives you the idea why it was so important to grab some insurance. We'll fill you in on all the details uh, coming up. And then some strong comments from the Vancouver Canucks and one of their veterans, J.T. Miller. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are going back into the schedule after a couple of weeks off because of COVID, uh, where the COVID virus went through uh, their coaching staff and their roster. And they're being asked to play, uh, quite frankly, on a quick turnaround. Uh, one practice and then a morning skate and then, then get right into it. It, uh, in an attempt to complete the 56-game schedule. And I would put uh, J.T. Miller's comments as blunt. Yes. But we start in Los Angeles by way of Las Vegas and the Golden Knights trying to put up another win and have a two-game sweep uh, of the Los Angeles Kings this week with a new addition to the lineup, Ryan Wallace. Yes, so it, all indications are pointing to Matthias Janmark making his Golden Knights debut alongside Tomas Nosek and Alex Tuck on the third line for the Golden Knights. And, you know, this is an interesting one for us because we, we have an idea of what the player is. We've seen the player uh, against this team, and, and we all remember uh, the bubble in the Dallas Stars and, and Yanmark's role there. But I, I'm very much curious to see 
the speed that he's going to bring and how that pairs up with the speed we know Alex Tuck has and just what that chemistry is going to look like game one. This is a player that people in the hockey world will know. People on the like fans will not. And that's, that's not uh, a knock against uh, Matthias Janmark, but he's a player that, uh, that will go up and down your lineup. If he plays for your team, you will really notice Matthias Janmark. If he plays for the other team, you'll remember the name. It's unique, and, uh, and a lot of people will, will be. But you watch, you watch five games against Matthias Janmark in the bubble, and he, he won't be one of those guys that, that stood out. Uh, and, and you go, okay, uh, that Yamark was amazing against us. When you get into the details of his game, though, and yeah. the, the potential of his game, there's a lot of upside. Now, we've got to be fair. Some of the analytics uh, don't, don't paint uh, a, a, the prettiest of pictures, but it's, it's funny. He, he does produce opportunities and, and points, and I think that's the, the biggest key. And he's going to – what he's going to do – it, and uh, in in the Golden Knights' mind is to instigate and light the fire of of the third line. So it's not just what Yanmark is expected to produce and coming in for these final fifteen games, and how he makes an impact individually. But can he really turn the corner with that third line and make it as dangerous uh, of a unit as the Golden Knights uh, expect it to be and need it to be? Yeah, that's that's the big question. And and you know, it's it's one of those things where I think we have to remind ourselves to to be patient and to allow that line to grow and, and as as Tomasz Nosek has been playing really well lately and you've got Alex Tuck back on the board after a beautiful goal on Monday, you you have to imagine that the confidence right now for that line's going to be up there and and I'm curious to see what they're going to be able to do to capitalize on that. Yeah, they, they got to find a way to, to move things forward, right? That's that's the whole goal right now. And uh, how much can you move things forward and and create a lineup that's that's going to be confident, uh, going to be healthy, going to be in the right position uh, tactically uh, to start the the Stanley Cup playoffs? That's what the next uh, three weeks are. Oh, we also have some news on the schedule coming up as well, uh, and it's uh, a bit of news that that Ryan's going to be disappointed in. Uh, I believe uh, that's just my early prediction. So let's uh, let's tee that up uh, a little bit as well as uh, the National Hockey League alters or adjusts uh, yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights uh, schedule. Uh, where, if if you, if you look at it, mm-hmm. who would, who do you think is the better fit at center if all things are equal on that line with uh, Tuck and Matthias Janmark? Well, I I think that it's no surprise the love or the admiration that I have for Nick Waugh and his game. I think that he's a, a, the type of player that if he's confident and he's playing the right way and he's moving forward and progressing as a player, that, that I think the offensive upside is there. I think there's a lot of, of little things that he does that remind me of Mark Stone. We've had that conversation before. So if you're asking me what I think would be a best-case scenario for the Golden Knights, it would be for Nick Waugh to take a, a step in the right direction and continue to play as well as he's been playing now, but with more production. And then at that point, you you entertain the idea of moving him up there to play with Yanmark and, and Tuck. Like, that would be my ideal fit right now. 
it's almost like I'm torn uh, a little bit because Nosek has this worker bee mentality yeah. and, and, and can go out there, and he doesn't bang near as much as Carrier or Reeves do when those meat grinders are, are all together and, and healthy. But, but he does have that uh, just grind it through. And Wah is, is good, and, and he's got this uh, takeaway ability that uh, is, is, I think, ready to blossom. Uh, yeah. on the defensive side of the puck, and we're all waiting for him uh, to to also add the offensive element to his game. On the short term, I'm almost leaning towards Nosek being the better fit right now. You know, if, if if this was training camp and you had some long runway, sure. then I'm I would uh, probably look at it a, a little differently. But and and this is this is all equal. But no, Wa and Nosek are both feeling it right now. They're they're yeah. both playing with confidence. So yeah. uh, you you can't just say, well, Nosek's on, on a roll, uh, Millard. That's that's easy to say. I, I just think he's got he's got more straight lines uh, in him, uh, and and he's got just that more, just grind it out uh, and and get the pucks to the to the other two, uh, and and just on the on the dipping your toe into it. Uh, I think Nosek is the better fit right now. That 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 could easily change, and I'm I'm open to it uh, because you've got two guys in similar spots in Wa and Nosek. Yeah, I I think that right now I I, I tend to think that Nosek is the right answer. But but as I'm you know as we've seen throughout this this entire season that that position in in third line center fourth line center it's been in flux. It, it hasn't really found. A, uh, there hasn't been a player that's really taken advantage of that. Now, I would make the argument that right now Tomas Nosek has. Like, he has taken right. hold of that spot. And until there's a reason to move him from that spot, whether it's the play of Nick Waugh or the play of Tomas Nosek not being to the caliber we've seen lately, then you make that change. But right now, if you're Pete DeBoer, I don't see a reason to do it. He's got uh, a real luxury uh, at this point with uh, Reeves out and Colasar out of yeah. some of his uh, his bottom six uh, having the uh, the confidence to produce points and being in a, in a spot where they're feeling it and it, they don't need to lean on on that physical side. One of those other guys uh, is is Will Carrier, who's played really great uh, as of late. So uh, I, I think that uh, that the times uh, and 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 I mentioned it about the timing with the Colorado Avalanche and, and Philip Grubauer being out of the lineup. This is a this is a good time to um, not reinvent the bottom six because I, I still think it's a top nine and then and then your fourth line that's uh, that gives you a little bit of energy. But because there's some moving parts between the third line and the fourth line, I'll call them the uh, the the bottom six. Uh, they can they can reinvent themselves uh, a little bit in this uh, in this next couple of weeks going into the Stanley Cup playoffs and give you uh, maybe uh, maybe a different look and a different expectation uh, both internally and externally. Yeah, I think it gives you you know just just a little bit of options to to kind of allow players some opportunities to 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 blossom into a role. Like I, you know when I look at the the fourth line for the Golden Knights, and it, it depends of of course on Keegan Colasar when he might return to full health and be ready to go for the Golden Knights. But, you know, you look at, at a line like Carrier, Waugh, and Kolasar, and it's just the way that they've been playing lately, that, that to me is a line where when you look at all the opportunities, the chances that Keegan Kolasar is getting, if you start to get those on that line and you can put a couple in, then you get that, that fourth line production that you've been, you've been hoping for all season long on a consistent basis. I think there's a lot that the Golden Knights can do with this time to kind of experiment and see which combination 
uh, works best for them down the stretch. And, and with a little bit of experimentation that, that you talk about, you might see uh, just a touch more ice time. If, if they really do start putting together a, a longer run, and we're talking about Nick Watts, five in the last six games. We're talking Thomas Noshek uh, in and around 10-game mark that he's been on, on his roll. You continue to stretch that out a little bit. It allows Pete DeBoer in this, uh, in this final few uh, games to balance out the ice time a little bit. And instead of being around 8 to 10 for Will Carrier, maybe he's 10 to 12. Uh, on, on a great night, uh, and, and you're up to a dozen minutes uh, a night, and you pull the, the top line from knocking on 20 to 19. And, and those, those, that little bit of just rolling it over, I think that there could be uh, some real uh, opportunity to be fresh, uh, fresher. Uh, down the down the stretch and, and see whether or not you do become uh, that team that is closer to the, the four lines that we've discussed and it was really part of the DNA of this hockey club for the first couple of years. You know, I find it interesting because, you know, obviously the, the objective here is to win as many hockey games as you can, to try to finish in first place and get home ice advantage. Uh, and for the Golden Knights, I think that that's a, the, the right way to look at the remaining games on this season you want to play as many games as you can in front of your home fans but i think the the aspect of you know if you can get a fourth line going that you feel confident in or you feel comfortable in in playing 10 to 12 minutes a night then that allows a little bit different stance on load management it's it's management within the game it's minute management and maybe that does allow the golden knights to hit the playoffs a little bit fresher i I think that's an interesting point and and one that you know i could could certainly help the Golden Knights as they approach the postseason. What are your expectations for Matthias Janmark in the 15 games? Yeah, you know that's that's an interesting question. Uh, I, I'm I'm more looking for what type of chemistry he can build with Alex Tuck. How those two players can kind of work off of one another. And I, I mean, you know, we're talking about 15 games right now. He's he's got 10 goals in in what 41 games. So yeah. I mean, I, ideally, I'd like to see somewhere in the ballpark of, of four to six goals. I, I know that's a lot, but, um, I, I mean, he's, he's on a really good team. I, I get the indication that he, he might play on the power play for the Golden Knights. So if that's the case, I, I think that, you know, five goals down the stretch would be fantastic. Um, maybe not numbers-wise, uh, but the idea of finding some chemistry with Alex Tuck uh, is is important, and I, and that's definitely one of the areas that they that they looked at and was a big influence on the acquisition. Now, sometimes it doesn't work out. You can you can have the best of intentions. Look at Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel, and uh, we go back to the Marty Biron conversation that we had on the VGK Insider Show in, yeah. in the off season. And uh, Biron made the the great point: you've got a left shot and a right shot, and uh, a centerman and a winger, and they can dish the puck back and forth, and it should uh, be great. And they've got speed and they've got talent and it never worked. Yeah. It just it didn't come together uh, as uh, from a chemistry aspect. Uh, we've got news on Eichel uh, coming up in a little bit. Boy, we've got a lot to get to uh, yeah, today. We- but uh, but but Yanmark and Tuck, it it should work. And why I like the Yanmark uh, pairing with with Tuck and whoever plays in that middle is he's he's got the speed. So that's good. He can keep up uh, with Alex Tuck, and it may give you give you options, uh, and it creates uh, in in the transition game different uh, different possibilities for you. But Yamark is a guy 
that goes to the net really consistently. Yeah. And in the goals that we showed on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, trade deadline special, they were all around the crease. So the, the speed is, is a big calling card about his game. But so is the idea that he's around the net and around the crease. And that's both important in, in transition because you're there to take a pass. Uh, if, if Tuck's flying up the ice or, or you've got uh, some kind of, uh, of uh, play across the blue line that, that requires some, some uh, presence at the net, but also in zone offense. And that's where the Golden Knights have uh, traditionally, uh, going back to uh, before the bubble, uh, when things have, have gone quiet, it's not being able to generate that offense, those goals off puck possession inside the offensive zone. And Yanmark is somebody that, in looking at his game, uh, can do that and can find ways to reach around a player and adjust to a pass or find a loose puck and, and knock it home. I'm, I'm excited about seeing that part of his game. And the goals, if he can knock home a couple in, in the final 15, that's good. And that's, that's going to be important to earn Pete DeBoer's confidence and, uh, and ice time going into the Stanley Cup playoffs when the switch flips and you have to produce. So uh, when, you, when you talk about what you said, uh, four or five goals, yeah. for, like, that's not just uh, wishful thinking. That's important when yeah. it comes to, to Pete DeBoer being able to lean on him uh, with, with the full trust. But it's also finding and keeping Alex Tuck in a good spot and motivated and happy and confident. We know. I saw it firsthand. Uh, the smile on his face uh, the other night uh, after the, the first period when when he was when he was going and he was and he was flying and he had that uh, that confidence. He he is a player that wears his confidence outwardly and not just uh, on his on the smile and the uh, the twinkle in his eye, but also uh, also in his game. When he's confident, he has such a presence to be able to go with the puck and, and just take off with it. If he's, if he's passing off early, uh, then, then I, you, it's, it's easy to tell. It's, it's one of those ones that, uh, that you don't have to be a psychologist to know whether, whether uh, Alex Tuck is, is on top of his game on the, on the confident, confidence side. So uh, I, think, I think Janmark's influence on Tuck is also going to be important. So Janmark, two to three goals for me, but I also want to see Tuck with two or three goals on his own part because they're they're kind of similar similar players. Uh, speed, we'd like to see Tuck go to the net more. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a, an influence on that part. But one guy's got 14 goals, one guy has 10. Can they can they feed off each other and develop that chemistry and make it an instant like put two Lego blocks together and it's a fit. Well, it's interesting, right? Because we we had talked about the third line earlier on this season where Alex Tuck was was really the dominant player right with all the goals and and just every other piece that was kind of around alex talk one goal here one goal there nothing that's really kind of complimenting him as a player on that line and you know i, I think the argument that we've been looking for all season long is can we get a line that produces in, in somewhat equal fashions can we get a player alongside Alex Tuck that can that can keep up with him in terms of speed but also deposit some of those plays where we've got Alex Tuck on the rush through the neutral zone gets in gets a scoring chance but there's no one to follow up that play 
And, you know, if you get if you get production from both of those guys on that line and you turn it into a line that can consistently produce, that's what the Golden Knights are after. Do you remember the goal? Uh, it was against Colorado, and it was in overtime. But Alex Tuck got the puck. He was at the end of his shift, and Max Pacioretty was out there. It was either Pacioretty was at the end of his shift or Tuck was at the end of his shift. But Tuck grabbed the puck behind the net, and he gave it to Pacioretty soon enough at the blue line so Pacioretty could have some speed going across the zone. And then Tuck just went hard to the net, yes. and Pacioretty tried to feed him. The puck never got to Alex Tuck, but Grubauer responded. Taves responded uh, at the net in defending. And it created the chaos, and Max Pacioretty went in and tapped it home for the, for the game-winning goal. That's sort of what, for one, that's what I, in my dreams, see Alex Tuck doing. I love, I love the end, uh, end rush and splitting the D the other night against the LA Kings. Yeah. Those are fabulous goals. And he has a shot and a release that is so dangerous that he can score from distance. But the, the idea of going to the net hard like that when he doesn't have the puck is is like just I wake up and go yes please do that do that more and he's done that all, he's getting better and better and better at that if Yanmar can give if if Yanmar can give Tuck that option when he when he has the puck it creates a double-edged sword uh, on that line and that's where the real real danger uh, on the transition part of it it's not just two guys streaking up the ice, but it's the ability when Tuck has the puck, because he is fast, he's probably going to be one of the, the first guys uh, up the ice, and you have to be in with, with a puck, but, uh, but if somebody can keep up with him and go to the net hard uh, when he does let that shot go, uh, I think gives you an extra element. And, and there's a numbers game here at play t- as, as well, Ryan. Uh, Janmark is going to play with Nosek and Tuck tonight yeah. uh, in his debut. And your fourth line is expected to be Wah. Uh, Carrier is going to drop down, and and Carrier is making a push for more minutes. That's great. Yurko will play his third game with the Golden Knights. Yurko's a guy that has extensive uh, NHL experience uh, from his time in in Detroit. Uh, I think there's there's more that he can offer if given a chance. So I think that's a a, a real plus. He made the play the other night uh, by by taking a hit. And when Reeves and Kolasar come back, you've got you've got a battle for positioning uh, just to be in the lineup. What if if it's if it's Carrier, Wah, and and Reeves on your fourth line? Yurko's out. Uh, who's the other guy that's out? And there's there's a a, a battle right now. Well, Kolasar's not in the lineup. Well, Reeves is not in the lineup for players like uh, Janmark, Nosik, uh, Yurko, uh, Carrier, Wah, all to make extra statements to show that when the playoffs do start, that they deserve to be part of that 12 forward unit. 100%. And, and I think that's that's the beauty of this, right, is you bring in a player and you don't subtract anything. And, and granted, there, there are some injuries right now for the Golden Knights, but this is giving an opportunity for a lot of players to to elevate their game, to bring their game to another level, to prove to the coaching staff that once the playoffs begin, they belong in the lineup. And you know what? I think down the stretch when you're you're competing to try to track down the Colorado Avalanche for first overall, you're looking for those mini competitions that you can have amongst yourselves in order to get the best out of every single player. I think this is a great thing for the Golden Knights down the stretch. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, what Yurko does tonight in, in getting the opportunity to play in consecutive games. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about that. I think it's uh, it's one of those under-the-radar acquisitions uh, at training camp that could end up being huge. And uh, we, we haven't talked about him a lot this year because he's only played uh, the couple of games after his appearance the other night in Los Angeles. But uh, that's uh, that's one where I, I look for some uh, some some growth and some uh, impact from. And then when it comes to uh, changing up the power, the power play, I think, has been as looking as good as it has all year. How much do you tweak your personnel now that that Yanmark is in? Um, who do you, who do you take off? That's uh, that's an interesting one uh, because the personnel the personnel has never been an issue, right? With the Golden Knights, you wouldn't say, uh, you know, if we had somebody else, that person wouldn't be on the power play. You, you just you wouldn't say that about uh, the 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 first unit of uh, Pacioretty and and Stone, Marcheseau and Theodore and. And Stevenson's bounce back and forth, and the uh, the Carlson, Smith, Tuck, and the two defensemen, and Martinez, and, and Petrangelo. There's those, those are that's great personnel, but do you do you change it up at all to give yourself uh, different? Like is is Yanmark that net front presence, mm-hmm. or net area presence that you would you would experiment with? And I think. I think we'll see that uh, a little bit. That that guy that can find loose pucks. Uh, you'd love for him to be able to tip in a couple. Sure. Uh, that uh, that's a real art. But and I don't know how much of that he has in his game, to be honest. But the the net area presence is something that he does have, and uh, that'll be that'll create an interesting competition uh, for for power play time on that second unit. One hundred percent. And you know it, it's. I think a good op- option to have for Pete DeBoer to just uh, allow himself the opportunity to experiment with a couple of different things. Um, you, you just, you know, you know what you have in Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. You, you know what you have in that top unit. And, and I think that with, with that unit continuing to, to gain confidence in their play and continuing to find the back of the net, I, I don't know that that's really where you make a change. But I, I do think that this is a, an opportunity in terms of the schedule for Pete DeBoer to experiment with a couple of different things and get a couple of different looks just to see what he could do down the road in the future. Looking for their 29th win tonight against 11 losses and two others against the Los Angeles Kings who have fallen out of it. Can they jump on the Kings and win six of eight in the season series as they wrap up the head-to-head portion of the Honda West Division schedule? More on the Golden Knights to come on the VGK Insider Show as we work our way through our number one and our number two. Plenty to talk about in NHL one-timers. We will get into the Vancouver Canucks situation and what the players are saying there. Not totally happy with being uh, sent back to the schedule after their COVID shutdown, which is lasting into a third week. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. We are getting at it today on the VGK Insider Show on this Wednesday. By the way, if you're tuning into the game on TV tonight, the Golden Knights against the LA Kings, just be aware that it is a NBC national game, so it will be on NBCSN, AT&T. We'll be back with you on Friday. So just a heads up on that if uh, you are tuning in on the television side. On the radio side, we remain right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
as we uh, will dial in with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless. Looking forward to this one against the L.A. Kings. Uh, they're, they're a thorn in your side, but it feels like to me that L.A. has played Vegas tougher than a 5-2 and two record. Is that fair? I think it's fair. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think L.A. has always played hard and played well against the Golden Knights. Some of these games have, have been a real challenge for the Golden Knights to uh, to win. Uh, Cal Peterson has, has been a big, big part of that, I think, for the L.A. Kings. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's certainly fair. L.A.'s probably played better than what the record is right now against Vegas. Yeah, it feels like it's been closer than 5-2. and two. I was surprised when uh, when I was doing my homework the other night. I'm like, wow, they, they had the potential if they win the next two games. This is before the uh, the game the, uh, the other night that to go 6-2 and two and giddy up to that if you can win six games a year against the same opposition that is uh, outstanding uh, for a head-to-head record uh, there's other action uh, and other news around the national hockey league uh, to get to during the course of uh, this vgk insider show one timers coming up in just a little bit uh, we'll bring you up to date with what's happening in vancouver but uh, on, the, uh, on the front of uh, other news, uh, Jack Eichel of your Buffalo Sabres. Somebody said to me that we talk about the Buffalo Sabres more than any other team outside of the Vegas Golden Knights. Is that true? Um, okay, well, first of all, uh, that's probably not accurate, but maybe it is. Although the, we have been accused of, of being the Alex Ovechkin power hour also. And okay. I'm, not, I'm not really sure why. Ice, ice baby. Well, maybe, okay, maybe I do. Do you, you like play like three drops in a row? Are you done? I could play a couple more. I've got no, some no, no, more. No, 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 I'm not asking you to. I'm just asking if you're done. <laughs> Are you done? Okay, now he's done. So Alexander Ovechkin Power Hour. I, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, like, the Sabres are a story. This That's season. what like, I said. I, I don't really understand. Like, we're, we're you know... We we focus on the stories, and and right now in this in this times in this period of time, the Buffalo Sabers are a story. Well, and, I just I met some that, people from Texas the other night uh, who were at McKenzie River Pizza Pub and Grill, and uh, they were uh, in enjoying the game. And they come in, they listen all the time on the radio. Uh, they love you, and uh, we were having a great visit. And uh, one of the nice gentlemen said, uh, "You guys talk about Buffalo a lot more than any other team other than Vegas." <laughs> and I started to think about it, and then I said, "Well, they're, they're terrible." Yes. And it's sensational. So yes. I, I, I kind of justify it. But anyway, uh, Jack Eichel out for the rest of the season will have surgery surgery to repair a herniated disc in his neck. Surgery's bad. Yes. Surgery on a herniated disc in your neck is bad. Yes. Uh, being out for the rest of the season is good compared to, to, to where they are. But that, uh, wow, that's, uh, that's big news. Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's it's certainly not the the news that you were hoping for if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan. Like, obviously, you are hoping that Jack Eichel can get the repairs necessary and be ready to go uh, for next season. And and you know, that's kind of where where you have to be at if you're a Sabres fan. You want to turn the page as quickly as you can on this season and look toward the future. Uh, that being said. Um, you know, this is just kind of the, the, the last the, the last straw for me in terms of, of the bad luck for the Buffalo Sabres. Like, if, if you can just find a way to turn the momentum uh, and, and start 
having something work out in your favor, now would be the time for that to happen. Uh, this wasn't what I was expecting. And yeah. uh, a herniated disc in the neck is, well, there's, there's the fear right there of it being uh, just there forever. Uh, yeah. If you have to have the surgery, that means that it's progressed to the point where it's probably affecting other things, whether it's a tingling or, 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 or what have you. It's, uh, that's that's the, almost the worst thing that I could think, because we didn't know what the injury was. Uh, was it, uh, or at least I didn't uh, know, what the, know what the injury was. And uh, this, is, this is one of those things where now you've got to go into rehab and um, I can't remember what it was from uh, from Gary Roberts' uh, standpoint. Do you remember what Gary Roberts, uh, my wife's coming through here, was was Gary Gary's was a neck problem, right? When uh, when he was forced to retire, she's giving me the uh, yes, yes, the nod. So he had to retire actually uh, for a little bit, and then came back and made the great. See, that's that's when you have a, an amazing spouse. Because yeah. she's as deep into the hockey and, and worked for the Toronto Maple Leafs forever yep. uh, uh, as I am, so I can bounce uh, those kind of questions off random uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. But he actually had to retire for uh, a, a neck issue, a serious neck issue, and then managed to come back and and, and play uh, a, a number of years. Uh, this uh, like a, a herniated disc in in your neck. Wow, um, that's uh, that's got me worried. I, I think you absolutely are, are right on the money there. Like, it, it is, uh, you know, it's an injury that, that again, the, the only hope that we have right now outside of hockey is that Jack Eichel gets better, right? Like, that's, that's where we're at in terms of, of his recovery from this injury. But, you know, what, what it's going to mean for him the rest of his career, what, what he's going to be able to do when he returns, if he's going to be the Jack Eichel we've we've come to expect like those are all questions that remain to be an, uh, to be answered and that's that's scary I would think he would be okay for training camp yeah if if you're having the surgery now yeah uh, they uh, when you're talking about this kind of stuff you you want to like that's the last resort uh, we everybody knows somebody that's had the back surgery and that was the last resort uh, to to do something like that um so it's if it's a it, if they're doing this now, they've waited as long as they could, and they've they've kept him out of the lineup, and now they're 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 going to have the surgery. But uh, another blow to the Buffalo Sabers, and this wasn't one of those ones where you're going okay, shoulder, uh, knee, uh, th- those are all bad, but it just takes up the uh, the concern factor uh, another uh, couple of percentage points when it comes to a herniated disc in the back and uh, and dealing with some some surgery. It's uh, just another one of those steps in the uh, in the world of the, of the Buffalo Sabers, that and then a team that played the Boston Bruins really hard the other night. I thought they were going to come back and win. They wanted it. They wanted that game. You could tell. Uh, we also have news out of the Dallas Stars organization, and Ben Bishop will not play. Alexander Radulov shut down for the rest of the season, so they will not be back. Uh, and the Dallas Stars, you might say, uh, have. Uh, not thrown in the towel from a night-to-night basis and being and trying their best to win games, but from a, a, a ability to add pieces to the to the lineup and give themselves a jolt, uh, they're they're five points out of a playoff spot, and they're not going to have Radulov or Ben Bishop. Uh, well, they haven't had uh, 
players available all year, and uh, that's that's another like kick in the kick in the leg. This has been a, a trying season for the Dallas Stars, right? You've, you, of course, you are are coming off of your Stanley Cup um, loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then you've got, uh, you know, a COVID situation to start the season. You're, you're starting the season behind. You're without key players throughout the majority of the season. It's, it's been an attrition, a war of attrition for the Dallas Stars all season long. And, you know, I, I've been bullish. I, I've been saying I think Dallas is going to be able to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. I, I, I think I'm giving that up now. I, I think the Dallas Stars, um, they're not going to throw in the towel, but I think they're done. It's funny. I kept thinking, okay, they're, they're making up games because they were so far behind at the start of the season because of the COVID shutdown uh, just before the, the launch of the schedule, and they got the late start. When will it turn on and they'll go on that run and they'll be making up all these games that they're behind? So I never really paid attention to where Dallas was in the standings yeah. uh, because they were always out of, of the top four because – they were going to make up their games and they were going to win those games in hand and they were going to put themselves in a position in that central division to be uh, a postseason team and not until very recently did i start going wait wait they're they're equal in games played and they're still out this is not good it just it was a a, a thing of cold water over my face because uh, i thought what I just gave them the benefit of the doubt all, yeah. all the way along. And uh, R- Radulov uh, played 11 games this year. Tyler Sagan hasn't played at all. Ben Bishop hasn't played at all. Um, they, they've, they've had their real uh, holdbacks uh, uh, when it comes to player uh, not being available. And they had to, to ride Anton Hudobin a little bit more. Now, uh, they, they got some experience in, in, uh, in the kid in, in goal. But still, this, is, uh, this has been one of those disappointing follow-ups and uh, it's it's almost like they, they got to the Stanley Cup final, but mm-hmm. they couldn't enjoy the Stanley Cup final and, and that playoff run because it was in a bubble, not as much as you normally would. And, and you guys remember uh, going through uh, going through the Vegas Golden Knights run. It was it was great. It was fun, but the city wasn't able to embrace it at the time. So so Dallas had that great run, but it wasn't real in in a in a full participation. And then you come back. And you're you're behind, and and they they're not going to make the playoffs. It's uh, and it's and it's and it's relatively rare that a team will miss the playoffs after going to the Stanley Cup final. And this is uh, this is another one of those uh, uh, ones where it's uh, it it's going to be the worst case scenario coming off a march to the championship series. Yeah, it's it's a tough go for the Dallas Stars, but they, they've been that team that just hasn't really been able to to go a couple of games above 500 like all season long they've been just about one or even at 500 they do have a plus six goal differential though so they are the only other team in that division with a positive goal differential that is not in the playoff picture right now so you kept waiting for columbus to figure it out they sold yes uh detroit was never in it they're out yep dallas shuts down Radulov and announces Ben Bishop uh, won't be in the lineup. Uh, I haven't heard anything. It doesn't sound like Sagan's going to ever get back, yeah. but he, he could for a couple of games. But they're, they're seven points out right now with 15 games to go. That's a big number to make up. Your playoff teams right now in the Central Division, Discover Central Division, Carolina, Tampa, Florida, and Nashville, and Chicago is four points out. 
Are we ready to declare right now, and uh, Chicago uh, has 13 games to go, are we ready to declare the four teams in the Central that are currently in the playoff position will be the teams in the playoffs at the end of the year? I don't want to say that I'm there yet, but I don't believe in the Chicago Blackhawks and their ability to catch the Nashville Predators right now. I just I just think that we we know what Chicago is and, and you know they had a great first uh, first half of the year but um, I you know what I'll, I'll bite on it I, I think that this is the playoff picture it's Carolina Tampa Florida and Nashville yeah the, there's only one other division where I think that you could go there and that's the the North Division with Toronto Winnipeg Edmonton and Montreal and then Calgary's on the outside looking in uh, although Calgary had a big win last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs and David Riddick. Yeah, but then it's a six-point gap uh, between Calgary and Montreal, and the Canadiens, who are already six points up, have three games in hand. Uh, for some reason, I still think Calgary can put something together, and that just might, might, might be wishful thinking sure. uh, in, in my side. But I actually give Calgary a better chance of closing the gap than I do the, uh, the the Chicago Blackhawks. The other the other two divisions have have good races. Although there are, there are uh, like uh, Gary Lawless. I'm going to put. Uh, I love uh, talking about Gary Lawless on the radio because uh, we we text back and forth and I and I and I give uh, the stories. And then he calls me uh, up and says, "I just you just radioed me because I couldn't respond to it." Yeah. Uh, he uh, I get the impression from Gary that even though Arizona's one point out uh, of St. Louis, that that feels like a 15 point gap t- to Gary. Uh, He's, he's got something to it because Arizona is certainly on the skids right now and lost again today uh, against the Minnesota Wild, and uh, they have uh, played three more games than the teams that they're chasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm still not ready to uh, to write off the Arizona Coyotes. I am willing to declare that Nashville will get in over the Chicago Blackhawks in the Discover Central Division, and that's sort of how you had it picked. Uh, who's the surprise team getting in there? if we had Dallas as returning from the Stanley Cup uh, inside the top four, which team did you think wouldn't make it between Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida, and Nashville? Well, I think earlier on in the season, Nashville would have been the surprise team for me. But going into this season, I did not expect the Florida Panthers to be as good as they have been all year long. They're really, for me, the surprising team out of that division. Yeah, impressive. It's been it's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Florida and uh, Carolina have both vaulted back and forth, uh, challenging for the division, and we'll see whether one of those teams can pull off the upset in the uh, in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and take out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, right now, uh, it's the start of uh, what one, two, three different giveaways uh, today as we talk about uh, making people happy. We have a jersey from the Vegas Golden Knights uh, uh, to come in just a little bit and a chance to qualify for some tickets. We have some con- tickets as well and we have a little draft for dough ryan wallace yes the nfl draft is around the corner draft for dough with fox sports las vegas and the dehart team at nova home loans they are giving away one winner they are giving one winner one thousand dollars in cash and a 250 dollars raiders image store gift card for making the right picks on day one of the draft Go to lvsportsnetwork.com and pick your first 17 draft choices. You may win $1,000 in cash and a $250 Raiders image 
store gift card from the DeHart team at Nova Home Loans. Your picks must be in by Wednesday, April 28th, not the 29th, April 28th. Open to Nevada residents, 18 or older. Complete rules available at lvsportsnetwork.com. Now, this doesn't seem that hard to me. Like, Jacksonville's going to pick first. Jets are going to pick second. San Francisco has the Dolphins pick by Houston. They're going to pick third. Why? I, I can go through the uh, the top 17 right now with the Raiders picking 17th. Why no, no, is that? No. no, no, you have to pick the players. Oh, well, I don't know any of the players. That's a lot tougher. That, I thought it was just, uh, I thought it was just. That was, huh. that, that, no, come on. Wow. Come on. You know how this works, right? I was thinking I had this thing solved, uh, no, no, hook, no. line, and sinker. Oh, you First failed. of all, you're, you're not eligible to win. And second of all, um, come on, man. Really? Wow. Like, I get, I get not even the top 17. I could take you right down to 32. I, I didn't know I was doing the show with two Chris Chapmans. <laughs> <laughs> Draft for Doe. That's good. That's, uh, now I have to realign my sights in this whole thing. I, I, had this, I was going to take my time and file it at the last minute and just be uh, the cool guy walking in, but now I have to get some uh, homework uh, done. We have some good news of the day. And uh, I wonder whether or not uh, Ryan Wallace is going to go in a certain direction today. Uh, I'll, I'll admit that I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but uh, I will also very much gloat, as you know that I want to do. It's good news of the day coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the good news of the day on the VGK Insider Show. The good news of the day is brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. And the Golden Knights and everyone that works Golden Knights games will be getting a little bit of a reprieve next week as the NHL has made some adjustments to the schedule. The Golden Knights game next Friday against the San Jose Sharks has been moved from April 23rd to Monday, May 10th. If the NHL hadn't made this change, Vegas would have played five games in the next seven days that week, including three straight against the San Jose Sharks. Vegas will now have, as I check my notes, two days off between games for a team that has played a ton of hockey this is great news for the Golden Knights and, you know, maybe Ryan Wallace. There's a, there's a couple of things at play here. One, it takes away three straight games against the San Jose Sharks uh, out of the mix, I'm which okay I know that. you were really excited about. So yeah, I, I, I was. I'm not anymore. Yeah. Oh, so you wanted it, but now because you can get an extra day off, you're willing to accept yeah. it. Yeah, huh. 100%. Yep. Because you still have to do the game. It's yeah, just going to be played at a different time. Yep. Uh, at the uh, at the end Two of the regular nice, season. Two days off will we'll be good. Yep. And why is that good? Well, they were scheduled to play, as you mentioned, five games in seven nights. Yes. Uh, somebody just did that. A team just went through that, and they got wholly smoked uh, by, the, uh, by the Washington Capitals. That was the Boston Bruins. Two days before the NHL trade deadline, and, and the Boston Bruins got run over by the Washington Capitals. And a lot of people believe that uh, that's one of the reasons why Don Sweeney went and pulled the trigger and paid uh, paid a little bit uh, steeper price than we expected for a player with two goals in Taylor Hall. Uh, so uh, they, 
they, it was they, they had nothing left. They had uh, injuries on the blue line. It just ripped their 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 team apart over those five games in, in seven nights. So uh, the, I think it's it's equally as important one uh, to to space them out and get the two days off, but more important not to uh, to put your players through that from a fatigue standpoint where injuries could occur and uh, and you're just allowed to be a, a little bit fresher going going forward. So I think it's a it's a great move by the National Hockey League and it's certainly a welcome move uh, for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. I I think it's fantastic. It is great news. Goats will be happy. Uh, looking forward to uh, spending more time with the goats uh, well, on the old care. homestead. They don't care. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. They just pretend they don't care, but really no, deep no, down there. They, they legitimately don't they, care. They love you. Uh, when we continue, uh, we're going. Oh, that's the good news of the day brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. Do we want to give anything away now, or do you want to wait until hour number two? You know what? We can give something away right now. Give me one second, and I will tell you exactly what it is we're going to give away right now. It's going to be two tickets to see Kane Brown, the Blessed and Free Tour. Blessed and Free Tour. Special guests, Chase Rice and Restless Road. That's going to be Friday, February 4th, 2022 at T-Mobile Arena. By then, Chris Chapman might know exactly what type of music Kane Brown does perform. Caller number 26. Because mm-hmm. Matthias Yanmark will wear number 26. Caller number 26, you will win two tickets to Kane Brown, the Blessed and Free Tour. 702-876-1340. That's the number. This is Fox Sports, Las Vegas.